The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. When you're 2-8, there isn't much to play for but pride and paychecks. With the Titans coming into town, we got a chance to see who was playing to win and who was playing so they could get paid on Monday. Did the Bears show up this week, or was it as bad as you thought it could be? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 12 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, at least it was exciting, and it came down to the end. Um, The Bears, yeah, they, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 12 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And, you know, whereas lately the Bears, um, you know, for the majority of the season, the Bears getting off to these fast starts um, and, uh, petering out as the game goes along you know wearing down or um you know second half adjustments not being very good and uh or non-existent or whatever you want to call it and uh always kind of fading in the fourth quarter and losing the football game there instead it was quick start for the bears then nothing for the majority of the football game after that and then exciting fourth quarter and, uh, you know, nearly um, what should have been a victory uh, for the Bears, uh, but instead it gives them a perfect reverse sweep of the AFC South for 2016. I mean, this was a this was a team that went uh, three and one against the AFC South in 2012, the only loss coming to the Texans. Uh, who themselves were one of the better teams in football that year. Um, you know, the the tragic part is that we should have won all four of these games. You know, the Texans is really the only one where you can make an argument that, no, they shouldn't have won that one. But we were we had the lead against Indianapolis in the fourth quarter and allowed them to drive for the winning touchdown there. And even still, if Hoyer even looks in Alshon's direction on the last play of the game, he finds him wide open down the sideline as opposed to throwing in a triple coverage to Cameron Meredith in the middle of the field. That's a victory there. Um, the Jacksonville game, don't even get me started on that one. We all know <laughs> that's ridiculous that we lost that game. And then this one here, we'll talk specifically about why the Bears should have won this game because it's the running theme for this game. Um and uh, and everything else so but all four losses at the very like at worst with seeing the games and how they happen the bears should have also been three and one against the afc south uh this season which would put them at a much more respectable what f- what they're two and eight now two and nine so give them three five and six you know a much more acceptable record uh at this point you know five and six there's you know five games left to go and three of them are division games so you can give yourself especially this year you could give yourself a 50-50 chance on on winning those games and uh you know you got the Redskins and the 49ers the 49ers game I'll get into that when we do our preview episode doesn't look like I'm going to have a guest for the preview episode so we'll uh we'll uh we'll we'll see how how uh We'll go old school on that one, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, uh, I haven't been able to get a guest on the show for the San Francisco uh, preview. So we'll see how we, we handle that uh, later on this week. But um, San Francisco and Washington, 
you know, of the five games left, Washington is the only game that I really feel like I, I definitely feel like the Bears are going to lose this game. Uh, going into Tampa, you know, into Green Bay, uh, even in even though the Detroit and Minnesota are on the road this time, with the way those teams are playing. You know, it's still a 50-50 shot. I mean, how would you feel right now? The Bears are 5-6, and six, and there are five games left, three against the AFC North. You know, who knows? You know, who knows at this point? So, well, uh, it's unfortunate that the Bears' season has gone the way it has, and, um, you know, to, to, to fall to 2-9. and nine, And uh, even though we were a lot more scarce on the injury side, uh, we did have a very impactful loss uh, on Sunday, and that was uh, Danny Trevathan ruptured his patella tendon. That is uh, for for the layman out there. That is the that is the the tendon that connects the knee bone to the shin bone. Is basically the the simplest way I can can put that. And um, you know he ruptured the tendon, and I I saw the moment it happened, I knew. I even was watching the game with a buddy of mine. I joked with him that we just lost Danny Trevathan for the season, um, not because it looked bad or anything like that, because he immediately, immediately reached for uh, his limp when that happened. And that's never a good sign when the reaction is that sudden uh, to an injury. So, um, But it was uh, confirmed, and that's why I waited until Tuesday to do it. I wanted to wait for the official word on what had gone down with him. I was also waiting for one more thing, uh, hopefully hoping to see that there was rumored uh, that actually did happen that kind of feeds into everything else that we're going to talk about uh, today. But uh, Danny Trevathan done for the season. Uh, he missed two games earlier in the year with that broken thumb um, and uh, now will miss the final five games of the year uh, with that patella tendon injury and who knows how because that's a six to nine month injury so six months from now is may nine months from now is training camp basically so let's hope as far as uh being in shape and everything that it's closer to the six month timeline so that he can be not so much that we need him in otas or anything like that but but more so so that he's not spending all of training camp just getting himself in in shape uh to play football but instead he's you know he's been a hundred percent as far as the the knees preparedness or readiness to play football and now it's just a matter of uh you know getting his lungs back because he's been on the shelf for half a year so uh let's hope it's closer to six months than it is to nine so that Trevathan can play a full season unlike uh you know or you know, instead of being the 2017 version of Pinot McPhee, where he misses the first six games of the season, as in you know, and is still rusty for a few weeks before he you know really starts to to show himself off uh, on the team. So this is really just a, a lost season across the board uh, for the Bears this year. So I mean, it's with the injuries and uh, yeah, it's it's just been a. That's been a tough pill to swallow all uh, all season long. But um, this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
overall, I, I guess I would have to classify it as a successful first-year campaign for Trevathan, minus the injuries, because with him and, and Freeman uh, being our, our inside linebackers, that's one portion of the field that has plagued the Bears. I mean, even when we were still a 4-3 team um, under Tressman, the middle of the field, you know, how many times did you guys hear me say behind the linebacker in front of the safety, uh, you know, w- when Mel Tucker was the, you know, defensive player? And, I mean, even even last year before we had Trevathan and Freeman, people were just killing us in the middle of the field. It's not quite, you know – it doesn't quite happen as much as it used to, uh, definitely. And that's a vast improvement from where we were before and, and why the Bears have shot up the ranks as far as overall defense and not allowing the same amount of yardage and just getting murdered by opposing offenses because they know they have that one soft spot in the middle of the field they can exploit they can exploit whenever they want. Uh, with Freeman and, and, and Trevathan there uh, in the middle, They've taken away the middle of the field in, in a lot uh, against our against our opponents. So we'll we'll see what we can do uh, going forward without them because we've had at least one of them on the field all season. When Trevathan was injured, Freeman was still playing, and with Freeman out with his uh, suspension for the next few weeks, we still had Trevathan uh, this week. But next next week. We go on without either of them. So hopefully uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, who had a really good game uh, on Sunday, and whether it's John Anderson or John Timu, whoever they put in there in in Trevathan's spot, can step up to keep the center of the field, the stronghold that it's been uh, for the Bears, so we're not constantly getting murdered in in that special zone that we've been getting killed in the last few years behind the linebackers in front of the safeties has not been the the weakness uh on this defense that it was um you know even as recently as a year ago so um you know even though we still have a good portion of the season left the impact that those guys have had this year was a positive one as far especially in the difference that it made in how teams attack the bears uh on defense this year so um you know Looking forward to having both of those guys back. Hopefully, Trevathan will be will be one hundred percent healthy. I mean, with a knee injury like this, they probably won't be hundred percent until twenty eighteen. God forbid. But you know, hopefully, close enough to a hundred percent that he can play all of next year instead of like I suggested a moment ago being the twenty seventeen version of Pernell McPhee, where you know he's at training camp every day, but he's on the sidelines. Uh, either watching because he spent his morning rehabbing or, you know, is on the pup list for the first six weeks because he's not 100% yet and we need a roster spot and so on and so forth. So um, here's to a super speedy recovery uh, for Trevathan and, and hoping that he gets back uh, as soon as we uh, as soon as we, he can uh, because uh, he was good for us and we're going to need him uh, going forward. So, But the, um, the other news... That, like I said, will lead into the theme of today's episode. The Bears finally, finally, finally promote Daniel Braverman, our seventh-round wide receiver uh, out of uh, Western Michigan, finally promote him to the 53-man squad, taking um, Danny Trevathan's roster spot um, this week. And um, after watching that game on Sunday... Anyone who can even remotely catch the football would be a welcome addition to this um, roster. And, and I'm guessing it has, you know, a few meanings. One, number one, uh, you know, all I've heard about this kid in practice is how he just decimates the defense and, and how good he has been in performing, you know, because this is a guy, he's on the practice squad. So he's not taking first-team reps. He's the guy that's on the field going up against the first-team defense. So he's playing against our best defenders and tearing them up each and every day. You know, Probably has a good rapport-slash-relationship with Matt Barkley because until a couple of weeks ago, he was our practice squad quarterback taking third-team reps throwing passes to Daniel Braverman. So I'm actually excited to see what these guys might be able to do against the 49ers. Uh, on Sunday and um, you know the way that the football team caught passes or didn't 
on Sunday. Um, you know, we need a shorthanded guy out there. And also, um, we didn't see too much Eddie Royal on Sunday. And um, I didn't quite keep up with Twitter as much this past Sunday as I did the week before uh, during the Giants game. But I didn't see anything about Eddie Royal getting hurt or, or anything like that. I just know he didn't play very much on Sunday. And that was a game we definitely could have used him for sure. So I'm going to assume that uh, Eddie Royals hurt himself again. Um, whether he re-aggravated that toe injury or if it was something else that was new, um, Eddie Royal didn't seem to, to play much. If at, you know, he did play some, but um, he didn't play much on Sunday. And uh, maybe Braverman has been promoted to replace Eddie because he's going to be hurt again or out again or whatever. So, but welcome addition for sure. Something that Bear fans have been calling for for quite some time to get him back out there or to get him out there. And uh, now we get to see what the kid can do against the pros uh, for sure. You know, he'll most likely uh, get uh, get some snaps and uh, maybe some passes on Sunday against the 49ers. And I am looking uh, looking forward to that. And uh, the Bears signed a uh, tight end. I believe his name was Perillo. Uh, to replace uh, Danny Braverman on the practice squad. So um, anyway, so Sunday happened, and um, knee-jerk reactions, um, I, I guess, are going to be a little interesting. You know, we, we got off to that fast start on, uh, on in the first quarter, and then, like I said, second quarter, third quarter, it looked like the Titans were just pulling away from this thing, and then the fourth quarter happened, and holy hell, you know, uh, we had a surprise onside and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff to um, actually that was in the third quarter, not the fourth. But, um, you know, it was a it was a really it just completely just a really interesting game as far as analysis is concerned, because you look at the final stats for Matt Barkley and you're thinking, wow. What a debut for Matt Barkley. He just did a fantastic job. You know, he had those two interceptions, but it's his first NFL start. You know, he had over 300 yards, uh, three touchdown passes, led a fourth-quarter comeback. I mean, what a debut for Matt Barkley. Well, if it hadn't been for the fourth quarter, I mean, you <laughs> you go back and, and look at the, the Twitter feed. You go back and, and look at some of the Facebook groups that I belong to. There are people that are calling for Barkley to be benched uh, in the football game. You know, until the fourth quarter happened, Bear fans were not exactly enamored with Matt Barkley and what he had done uh, up to that point. So it really was until the fourth quarter that he kind of won Bear fans over because he was masterful in the fourth quarter. He was fantastic. It's just that everybody else around him was absolute garbage. So um, anyway, we'll dive into the uh, knee-jerk reaction starting with the first quarter where, you know, we have this uh, this matchup between the Bears and the Titans, and it gets off to a fast start with both teams scoring touchdowns early. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Titans after the first quarter, and it's all tied up at, at seven. Uh, both teams going virtually nowhere on the first uh, first drives. Four plays for the Bears, three plays for the Titans, but the second drive is where all the excitement happened. The Bears, a 12-play, 84-yard drive, uh, you know, and a nice mixture of pass and run, something I wasn't expecting. Uh, we talked about the preview episode. It was we need Matt Barkley to come out and throw in the football to get the Titans defense to ease up because you figured they'd put eight, nine guys in the box to, to try to stop Jordan Howard, who going into the game would be our only offensive weapon. But so far today, whether they're loading the box or not, Jordan Howard's running the ball fairly well. I guess their rust defense isn't all that up to up to snuff. And uh, a few missed opportunities for Matt Barkley, but still able to move the football down the field well enough, obviously, to do a 12-play 84-yard drive, uh, resulting in a touchdown pass to Daniel Brown, whoever the hell that is. And uh, number 85, he's a tight end. That's all I can tell you uh, so far. But the Titans were able to answer that with a drive of their own, capping it off with a Derrick Henry uh, touchdown run from about seven or eight yards uh, out. Uh, so that's where we stand right now. The Bears just got the ball back after the touchdown from uh, Tennessee. Um, the defense looked pretty well early on, but uh, giving up that drive, it's all tied up at seven. So with the Bears with the football, we'll see where we go from here. 
very pleased with the way the Bears came out on offense, even on that first drive where we only got the four plays. The first play from scrimmage was a deep pass uh, to Marquise Wilson, and one, quite frankly, he should have caught. First play of the game, uh, we drop our first pass. Uh, It was a 50-50 ball, but it was one of those where the coverage, they got called for defensive pass interference, so it ended up being a successful play in that respect. But it was one of those where it was a 50-50 ball. The defender never made an effort to look back for the ball. That's why he got flagged. But one of those 50-50 balls where despite the defender being there, it hit Marquise Wilson in his hands, in his stomach, in his chest. It was there for it to be caught, and he didn't catch it. So that's that was one of those. That, I mean, that was the theme throughout the football game. There were so many passes that way um, where – you know, th- these are tougher, but it's the NFL. There's no, there really is no such thing as an easy catch in the NFL. I mean, we'll talk about an easy catch when we get to the fourth quarter, but, um, you know, uh, most of these catches are contested. I mean, they're, they're professionals for a reason. Those corners are going to be there almost every time. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of where the football was placed and the defender and in the receiver getting his hands on it. And for the most part, there are a couple of times, and we'll talk about it, but Matt Barkley was pretty much on point with his accuracy uh, on Sunday. He had his his growing pains, if you will. We got to remember that even though this is his third or fourth year in it's the third year, he was drafted in twenty fourteen. Uh, in his third year in the league, this is his first start. Only maybe about his fourth or fifth game of action you know he hasn't taken many snaps uh in the nfl i mean this year the last time he played was about five six weeks ago in the uh green bay game when he came in and the uh you know he played he made the majority of it uh, the, the entire second half at least uh against the packers but uh you know he was coming off the bench uh, taking zero to to no snaps with the first teamers in practice as the backup uh, in that game. So this was his first full week as the starter, uh, taking full-time reps with the first team, and he looked pretty good for the most part. Um, but uh, in the second quarter, uh, the offense kind of hit a wall, and the defense um, uh, was giving up the big plays to Mariota and company. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Titans after two, and we go to halftime. It's 21-7 to in favor of the Titans. Uh, the Bears um, had a drive in the second quarter um, just after Tennessee had taken the lead 14-7. to um, They were driving the football down the field, and then Matt Barkley basically tried to squeeze one into a tight window, and it was one of those where the receiver and the defender caught the ball at the same time, but the defender came away with it. And that's pretty much been the end of the Bears on offense and any kind of movement down the field. I mean, it's uh, since then it's pretty much been the Marcus Mariota show. Uh, he threw a really, cr- uh, really great touchdown pass to to Matthews, that receiver that Dan Cotton was talking about on the preview show. That's got a touchdown pass in like six games in a row. We'll make it seven. He caught the pass to make it twenty-one to seven here at the half. Um, you know, not really sure what's what's going on aside from just over all incompetence uh, for the Bears. I mean, Josh Bellamy just dropped a pass, went right through his hands. Um, Jordan Howard on the touchdown drive, that should have been a touchdown pass to him, not to Daniel Brown. He drops a pass. He was wide open. He could have just moonwalked into the end zone if he wanted to. A lot of drop passes uh, were uh, as true to form for Dole Loggins. All of a sudden, we're not running the football anymore. And on defense, it's, uh, you know, Mariota picking us apart through the pass game. And then every now and then, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry uh, running the football down our throats. So basically, it's just uh, the 5-6 and six team that's better than the 2-8 and eight team we're putting on the field is just playing better because there are the better team so uh and the good news is tennessee starts with the football to get with the the second half uh, underway and they're up by two scores 21 to 7 so the drop started coming about a lot heavier in in the second quarter we started to see that becoming more of the thing uh throughout the uh throughout the second quarter uh that drive that the bears had i don't even think they had made it to midfield yet but it was the only one in the second quarter where they were 
moving the football. And like I said, um, Barkley tried to squeeze it into a window, and the the linebacker won the tug of war with the receiver to come away uh, with the interception. So it was one of those where it's not necessarily a bad throw, maybe a bad decision. You know, shouldn't have thrown it there, or maybe should have thrown it sooner. The timing wasn't uh, wasn't correct, or you know, or what have you. Um, but um, it, it wasn't like. Um, you know, quite honestly, some of the interceptions that Jay has been guilty of where you're just wondering, what the hell was he thinking or why would you throw it there or anything like that? It was, like I said, it was more of, you know, the defender and the receiver got there at the same time and the defender won the tug of war uh, to come away with the uh, with the ball. And, you know, like I said, the rest of it was uh, the, the Titans just imposing their will on offense, the defense not really being able to, to catch up. Um, you know, especially on that last drive, that that was about a thirty-yard touchdown pass uh, to Richard Matthews to make it twenty-one to seven. That was, you know, beating the safety over the top, which should never happen. Um, you know, this should never be this should never be able to get behind the safety. Well, Adrian Amos allowed that to happen uh, on that play and uh, gave up that touchdown there uh, to go twenty-one to seven. However. Some instant fireworks to kick off the second half as Tennessee was supposed to start with the football, but because of some trickeration from our beloved, it didn't go down that way. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Titans after three quarters. Only three-point difference then before 24-7 to instead of 21. But a promising drive that could have put could have made it a one-score game killed by a bad throw. Bad dis- Actually, more a bad throw, not a bad decision from Matt Barkley. The Bears, fake on- or, you know, a surprise onside recover to start the second half with the football. Drive the ball down the field, a good-looking drive inside the red zone uh, Barkley trying to get it off to Meredith and when you look at the replay from the end zone what you see is you see Meredith there are two defenders there if if Barkley throws it to the corner of the end zone I believe he he makes a good enough throw for Meredith to at least make an attempt at it instead he tries to throw it more of where he is instead of where he should be and ends up getting picked off by the Titans ends the most promising drive that the Bears had uh, in the third quarter, uh, the Bears defense uh, showing up on the goal line, stopping the Titans from scoring a touchdown, had to settle a f- settle for a field goal there. But for the most part, it's been all Titans uh, in the third quarter. The Bears offense coming up with nothing after that drive, and uh, Tennessee going up and down the field at the moment. Just had a big pass play to Harry Douglas to get the uh, Titans deep in uh, Chicago territory to end the third quarter. So uh, Bears looking right at a 2-9 and nine record as the Titans go into the fourth quarter, 24-7. to seven. <laughs> Try to clarify a little bit more of what I was saying um, on that um, interception uh, in the end zone. Uh, the, 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 the end zone... Uh, Cam gave us the best look at what Matt Barkley saw, obviously. Um, they were rolling off uh, to the right. There were two defenders around Cameron Meredith. There was one closer to the goal line and the one that was kind of that was actually covering Meredith that was trailing right behind him. Matt Barkley, instead of you know, like I said, if he throws it to the corner of the end zone, he makes a throw that number one makes it over that front defender. And, you know, if he gets to the corner of the end zone, maybe he leads Meredith enough to get under it and make a catch, and it's a touchdown. However, instead of doing what quarterbacks usually do and throw it where you want the the receiver to go, he threw it more in where he was. Like, I don't know if he – like I think it, like I said, I think it was just more of a bad throw because it basically threw it right to the defender that was in front. And if he makes that throw to the corner of the end zone, I believe it's it's a it's a high enough throw to get past that one defender, and then it's just up to Meredith. You know, if if not for that guy standing in front of Meredith, is wide open basically. Um, if so, if he gets that pass over that front defender, it's just between Meredith and the sideline uh, to make the catch. And uh, unfortunately, Barkley didn't deliver the throw that was needed on that particular play it ended up killing the only promising drive the Bears had uh, in the third quarter so the second quarter the third quarter the Bears really only had one spark on offense and the you know the the spark was was extinguished by the uh, the interceptions from Matt Barkley in those uh, 
in those instances. So that is where you are seeing a lot of, um, you know, like the Facebook groups or, you know, the people on through social media, whether it was Twitter or Facebook, calling for the Bears to bench him uh, to get rid of Barkley. You know, he's got uh, he had, um, you know, one touchdown and two interceptions going into the fourth quarter. I think he only had about 70 or 80 yards passing going into the fourth quarter. His quarterback rating was like in single digits at that point. And then the fourth quarter happened. You know, the fourth quarter, they come from out of nowhere, and, um, you know, the defense was handling its business, and the offense, uh, ignoring the run because they had to, uh, exploded and almost pulled this thing off. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Titans, and what a crazy fourth quarter we just got done watching. Tennessee takes a uh, added a field goal to make it, uh, I think, twenty-seven to fourteen at one point. The Bears narrow it down to twenty-one, or excuse me, twenty-seven, twenty-one. Defense holds, gets the football back with a minute fifty-six to go. The Bears all of a sudden start catching passes, which had been something that has plagued the team throughout. I'll talk about this at length if I haven't already so far in the show. But one drop after another, the Bears finally start making some clutch catches, get the ball inside the 10-yard line, and then four shots from inside the 10, the Bears twice. The first one was Josh Bellamy, and that's the one that everybody's going to be talking about because he was undefended, all by himself, standing in the end zone. The ball hit him right in the stomach, right between the numbers, and he dropped it. But on fourth and goal, Deontay Thompson, a tougher throw, a better, th- a good throw, a tough catch. He had a defender there, but hit him right in the bread basket, got both hands on it, just didn't come down with it. So twice in the final four plays of the game, the Bears had a chance to win this thing. It ends up being 27-21, the final score. Um, you know, Matt Barkley made a critical mistake uh, in the third quarter, uh, one that you could say cost the Bears the game as well, but not so much as people are going to be talking about that drop from Josh Bellamy as being the reason that they could not come off the, with the victory against the Titans this time. So the Bears fall to 2-9, and nine, and we move on to my personal 2016 Super Bowl next week against the 49ers. And I'll talk more about that 49er game because you, you guys know how badly I want this 49ers game. So I will talk about that at length in the preview episode. That might be why it's almost better to not have a guest uh, this week. But, um, you know, that Josh Bellamy catch or non-catch, if you will, um, it just shows that, uh, you know, that's why Bellamy is a fourth, uh, you know, our fourth or fifth option uh, at receiver. That's why Deontay Thompson and Bellamy are on the team as special teamers and not, uh, you know, to be relied upon in the passing uh, game because, that's what they bring to the table, apparently. I mean, it's, this is not the only time that Josh Bellamy has dropped passes. He dropped several in the football game, as did Deontay Thompson, as did uh, Jordan Howard dropped a couple uh, in the game. Uh, and it just it was all over. Marquise Wilson uh, was lousy with, with drop passes in this game. You know, he dropped one that should have been a touchdown at one point. Now, he was either he was able to come back a little bit later in the drive and catch a touchdown pass, but you know, it it should have been a and a reception. You know, it should have been a touchdown much early on. I think somebody ran the numbers and said that yeah, um, Barkley finished with 316 yards and three touchdowns in the game. But if the Bears catch the passes that they dropped, Barkley has over 400 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, in the game and of course that fourth touchdown would have been the game winner uh, for us but um, you know like I said two times in the final four plays the Bears had chances to uh, to win the game and both times the receivers dropped the ball I mean Bellamy is the one like I said the one that we're talking about because it was a gimme an absolute gimme you know everything that Bellamy did on that play was perfect, except for the one thing he really needed to do, which was catch the damn ball. You know he he ran the good route, he made a cut in in a, in a good enough time to where he was undefended on the play. He makes the cut to turn around to try to make the catch. His receiver, I mean his defender, is yards behind him. He either falls down uh, because of the cut that. Uh, 
Bellamy made or whatever the case may be. He did everything perfect so that all he had to do was catch the ball. He didn't have a defender up his ass trying to stop him or anything like that. It hits him right in the bread basket, and he drops it. You know, he <laughs> he drops it. Second and third down, um, we're not successful, and then we come back on fourth down. It was an excellent throw from Barkley. Actually, he really started to, for lack of a better term, he really started to feel himself there in the fourth quarter. He was he was on point in the fourth quarter. And I guess that's why people have some kind of hope going into this game against San Francisco. Uh, number one, because we're playing the only team in the NFC that's worse than us right now. But, um, you know, the fact that Barkley really uh, started to come into his own uh, in the fourth quarter, the Bears put the game on his shoulders because they had to. We had to throw the football in order to catch up, and Barkley delivered for the most part. He really did, uh, and that's why there was a lot more optimism after the fourth quarter than there was going into uh, the fourth quarter. Barkley had about 80% of his passing yards in the fourth quarter. I think uh, they showed a stat like going into the fourth quarter, he he only had about 68 or 70 yards passing, but came away with 316. So he threw for 250 yards in the fourth quarter and two of his touchdowns. So uh, just an insane quarter that he had. And that throw to Thompson was what, you know, he put it where only Thompson could get to it. There was a defender there. But it hits Thompson right in the chest. He's sliding in the back of the end zone. And, it, you know, he got both of his hands on it. And it's that old adage, if you touch it, you better catch it. And he didn't. So, you know, it just goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago. This is why Thompson and Bellamy, this is why these guys are special teams players and not, uh, you know, in the rotation more uh, at wide receiver uh, for the Bears. So, um, you know, would also explain why – you know, Bellamy has bounced around a bit before, you know, coming to Chicago because of situations uh, like that. So um, I heard earlier, I heard yesterday at one point that Bellamy had deleted his Twitter account uh, because of it. So I guess he's just uh, sick of listening to the fans. And here's the thing. I'm not going to pile on Josh Bellamy. I'm not going to say the Bears need to cut Josh Bellamy or whatever. He's a hell of a special teams player. That's the role that he serves. And all things being perfect, that's the role that he'd be playing in a perfect world for the Bears. You know, because Kevin White would be healthy. Alshon wouldn't have got uh, hit for PEDs. Marquise Wilson comes back, so he's the number three to go along with uh, healthy Eddie Royal. With Royal, Marquise Wilson, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Kevin White, that's a hell of a wide receiving core. Right now, only one of those guys is healthy enough to be playing, and that's, uh, you know, and that's Marquise Wilson. Uh, just ridiculous. You know, that's the kind of luck the Bears are having right now. Same as last year. We played the Lions week 17. You know, everybody falls in love with Mark Mariani because he's Cutler's favorite target because it's Mariani, Bellamy, and um, – I think Thompson were our four, five, and six, or five, six, and seven options at receiver playing in the game uh, last year. In the in the you know because Alshon's hurt, Wilson's hurt, you know Kevin White never played last year, so on and uh, so on and so forth. So you know, in a perfect world, Bellamy would just be our special teams guy, and maybe if we have a five wide receiver set. Bellamy goes out there, but he's not going to be our first option kind of thing. So I'm not going to be one of those guys calling for for Bellamy's job or, you know, they should be cut or anything like that. But um, and also as a football player, a former football player, I should say, I know that no one no one is more upset about this whole thing than Josh Bellamy. He knows that he lost the game. That uh, you know, just even though it's it, it all it doesn't come. It never almost never comes down to one play. That was the one play that he could have made that would have impacted the game, and he didn't make it. So nobody in the world is going to feel worse than Josh Bellamy. He does not need to be reminded by me or anyone else about how badly he messed up on Sunday. It's just not something that he needs to hear. So, um, you know, having to delete his Twitter account just so he could have some peace in mind. Uh, is unfortunate, you know, and hopefully uh, he'll come back to social media and the rest of the Bear fans out there will act like grown-ups and not mess with the guy because of a catch he didn't make uh, in that game. You know, we're 2-9 and nine and it's stuff like that. That's why. 
were two and nine. I mean, you just heard me a little bit earlier in the show talk about how the Bears went zero and four against the AFC South, and we had a chance to win all four of those games. You know, we had the lead in the fourth going into the fourth quarter against Houston. If John Fox review, you know, calls for a review on the mark of the football, the Bears stopped the Texans on fourth and and one. We have the football start of the fourth quarter. Who knows what happens there? Um, you know, we had the lead going into the the last few minutes of the fourth quarter against Indianapolis, but we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't defend the one guy we knew the Colts were going to throw the football to. There should have been three guys covering T.Y. Hilton. Instead, he's one on one and he gets smoked down the middle of the field. Outstanding, and we end up losing the game. And then, of course, Jacksonville. Don't even get me started on Jacksonville. And then this game, of course, you know as well, the Titans. Uh, left the door open for us to steal it from them, and uh, we we didn't do it. You know, you you, you hate to be um, that kind of fan. You know, you hate to be that. You know, and say things like that because it reeks of sour grapes. But the Bears lost this game more than Tennessee won it. You know, they lost it a lot more than Tennessee won it because we had opportunities to win the game and uh, we just didn't come through. Uh, on it so um, unfortunately that's how it will go down Uh, Josh Bellamy will be the GOAT even though Deontay Thompson had just as good an opportunity uh, to win the football game for us and he didn't uh, come through his his um, failing if you will wasn't as glaring uh, as Bellamy's was so uh, there you have it so um, anyway what do you say we go ahead and, and close the book on this one the Bears fall to 2-9 and nine on the season, a perfect 0-4 against the AFC South. We move on now to, as you heard me say in the knee-jerk reaction, my own personal 2016 Super Bowl in the 49ers, and obviously it's being called by many as a toilet bowl because you have the two worst teams in the NFC, the 2-9 and nine Bears, the 1-10 and 10, uh, 49ers, who are on a 10-game losing streak right now they won their first game of the year a 28 to nothing shutout of the rams on monday night football to start the season they haven't won a damn game since and here they are coming into chicago to play the bears oh god if we lose this one god help me okay if we lose it please god i'm gonna i'm on my knees praying right now to jesus christ who i love more than anything in the world please god if we have to lose to san francisco if we have to, well, number one, it will give us like the number two pick in the draft, so I guess that wouldn't be too awful. But uh, if we have to lose to San Francisco, please don't let it be like last year. Please don't let me come back with a laundry list of things that if the Bears had only done one of them, we would have won the game without any kind of problem. So if we lose the game, let them just be awful and San Francisco be better than us and we lose as opposed to it being another game where I have to come back and say the Bears lost this game more than the 49ers won it because then um, the the first five minutes of the show next Monday or Tuesday will be the thumping sound of me bashing my own head in with this goddamn microphone just because I can't face the world if the Bears lose another game like that to the 49ers. So anyway, what do you say we close the book on this one and get ready for that 49ers game and close it out with everyone's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. tell you the truth this was actually a pretty difficult list to put together um it was very much like uh it was either last week or the week before where it was nobody did anything to quite stand out in a good or bad enough way to make either list you know what i mean um obviously matt barkley is on the list but thanks to his fourth quarter effort that is why Matt Barkley makes the bear up list, um, you know, because the Bears had to put the game on his shoulders. The, we we had to start throwing the ball because we were down three scores going into the fourth quarter. He answered the call and through no fault of his own, 
the Bears couldn't pull it off. I mean, the the throws that he made, he looked like the guy that was the number one quarterback in the country when he got recruited uh, to UF to USC. He was the guy that somehow slipped into the fourth round, but should have been drafted higher uh, in the draft that he went in. You know, that's the potential of that guy is who the Bears saw in the fourth quarter, and somebody I'm looking forward to seeing on Sunday against the the 49ers. You know, his his numbers were pretty good: 316 yards, three touchdowns. The two picks were killers because, like you heard me say, the second and the, he threw a pick in the second and the third quarter the those interceptions ended the most promising drives in those quarters and killed any offensive momentum the Bears had in those quarters but in the fourth quarter when it was up to Matt Barkley to win the game for us he almost pulled it off and it wasn't because of him that we didn't so um, bear up to Matt Barkley and hopefully he can uh, back that up on Sunday uh, against the 49ers Uh, bear downs Josh Bellamy, Deontay Thompson, Marquise Wilson, anyone surprised? Um, Marquise Wilson, here's what you will be surprised to know. Eight catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Wilson had an outstanding game statistically. But, um, you know, it, it was like nobody knew that. Nobody knew he had eight catches for 125 yards because we were more wrapped up in the fact that he dropped three passes uh, in that game, including a touchdown that would have gotten the Bears, I think, the 27-21 uh, margin about 40 seconds to a minute sooner than they ended up getting because of the easy touchdown that he dropped. So, um, you know, Bellamy, like I said, I'm not going to pile on as far as, uh, you know, asking for his job or anything like that. It's you know if if Josh Bellamy was was had the opportunity to stay in his lane that game would have been in his hands uh on Sunday you know obviously Bellamy as a professional as a competitor that's exactly where he wanted to be and that's why he feels the way he does you know that's why he feels so guilty about not being able to answer the call and letting the fans down letting his teammates down uh and all the rest of it but in a perfect NFL world, as far as the NFL and the Bears roster is concerned, that would have been a pass intended for Alshon or Kevin White or Eddie Royal and not our number five or six option at wide receiver uh, in Josh Bellamy. But because of the year that the Bears are having, that's the situation we were in, and unfortunately he wasn't able to come through for us. Deontay Thompson... Um, you know, same thing. He dropped some passes he should have caught on Sunday, including on fourth and goal. Uh, you know, tough catch. He's sliding into the ground, but Barkley put it where only he could get it, and he didn't come up with it. And then, like I said, Wilson, you know, statistically had a fantastic game, but, uh, you know, dropped too many passes uh, for it to be uh, worth anything. Uh, the other bear up goes to Jordan Howard, who uh, until the Bears had to abandon the run in the fourth quarter, had uh, 84 yards on 18 carries. So another outstanding game running the ball. And um, you know what? I'm also going to give a bear up to Doel Loggins. And here's why. Because you would have expected, you would have expected the Bears to come out and ignorantly running three yards in a cloud of dust against an eight or nine man front because Jordan Howard is the only offensive weapon that we had conceivably coming into this game uh, against the Titans. Instead, the first play from scrimmage, Matt Barkley, five, seven-step drop, throws it 40 yards downfield to Marquise Wilson, and we get the defensive pass interference uh, call on that play. You know, he did, you know, I, I guess it's it's more credit to Matt Barkley that we saw enough from him in practice that the Bears trusted him uh, instead of just like, okay, well, you know, like in like what we saw from Barkley in the Green Bay game. He barely threw the football. We ran the ball a lot more with Green Bay in the second half. And, uh, you know, the throws that Matt Barkley made were these short um, throws either out of the backfield or to our tight ends inside of five yards, in, you know, and things like that. We weren't taking shots down the field. We took shots down the field all day uh, with Matt Barkley. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, a credit to Dole Loggins and to Matt Barkley showing the confidence in him and Barkley showing enough in practice that the bears trusted him to try, you know, cause we didn't even see that with, with, um, with Brian Hoyer. We didn't take shots down the field when Brian Hoyer was the quarterback. That was very much the, the dink and dunk five yards and, you know, 
Uh, you know, it's going to take us three plays to get 10 yards throwing the football type of offense with Brian Hoyer at the quarterback position. Matt Barkley were able to open the book up a little bit and throw the ball down the field. Now, he doesn't have Jay Cutler's arm, but he's got a hell of a stronger arm than than Brian Hoyer, or at least one the Bears have a lot more confidence in than Brian Hoyer because the shots we took down the field, um, I think, say a lot more about Matt Barkley than it did about the Bears' uh, you know, thoughts on the Tennessee uh, defenders. So uh, bear up to Dole Loggins for, for, for not being predictable for, for a change. You know, because we would have figured that, uh, you know, if if Jordan Howard had ended up with 84 yards in this game, he would have had to get 30 carries to get it because he's running against an eight or nine man front every single down because the Titans were going to dare the Bears to throw the football uh, on Sunday. So bear up to Doe Loggins for not being predictable and for uh, basically calling a game like you would if our starting quarterback uh, was out there. And then finally, the Bear down. Um, it's mostly for the for the second and third quarter, but you know actually in the fourth quarter as well. Even though the, the they stepped up, but our pass defense, you know, second week in a row, we didn't get a sack. Second week in a row, we really didn't even pressure Mariota. I mean, didn't even come close. And um, you know, if if we get after him, you know, you heard Dan Cotton say in the preview how concerned he was about when Mariota runs, he fumbles. The football a lot uh Mariota ran for for a few yards against the Bears on Sunday and we never got close to forcing any kind of turnover uh in that football game the one quote-unquote turnover we got was the surprise onside to start the second half and that was because the uh, Tennessee defender touched the ball and didn't uh, couldn't come down with it Adrian Amos made the recovery there but you know our pass rush was non-existent for the second week in a row we couldn't get after Mariota and our pass defense especially that one play to Richard Matthews for the touchdown right before halftime um, you're not supposed to get deep you know get beat behind he got behind the safety which was Adrian Amos in that particular uh, area of the field and uh, we got smoked for it and put the Titans up big uh, going into half so bear down to our pass defense for not showing up and getting victimized uh, in that second quarter especially so anyway you hate to end on a negative uh, note but uh, unfortunately that's all I got uh, for this week so we'll go ahead and close the book on week number 12 and get ready for week 13 the return to the scene of the crime almost a year to the day where the Bears and the 49ers had that unbelievable game last year now we get to come back and try to right that wrong uh, against the 49ers with Kaepernick at the quarterback in- instead of uh Gabbert and uh, see what uh, see what kind of uh, mess we can put together against the 49ers this time. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I'm still trying to work on it. But uh, right now it's looking like it's just going to be me uh, this week previewing this game between the Bears and the 49ers. So until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.